Hey, how's it going, trainers? Before we get started with this episode, I'm sorry. I know it sounds rather gravelly, but it is a pretty early morning. I'm trying to get this episode out. But of course, as is podcast culture custom, some news dropped as I was editing and after we recorded last night. So it's actually a pretty interesting event. It's got a lot of stuff to it. So I figured, hey, let's probably toss us in because people will be talking about it all week and we don't want to miss out. So it is a World Tourism Day event. Features include starting September 26th at 1 p.m. That's tomorrow if you're listening to the show the day it comes out on the 25th. Features include new shirts. Check out a new United Nations World Tourism Organization t-shirt available in the style shop. I don't know if you have to pay for it or not, but uh, keep an eye on that. Regionally limited Pokemon available in eggs. That's all the Kanto regionals. It looks like there's also the Johto regionals in this list and some new ones as well. Actually, it's just all of them. Wow, that's pretty cool. Features from Thursday, September 26th that are going to run to October 1st include Mime Jr. The Mime Pokemon will be making its debut in Pokemon Go. It'll be available in 5-kilometer eggs in Europe. And if you're lucky, the Shiny might hatch as well, which makes sense because we already have Shiny Mr. Mime. Shiny Pokemon Rivals Spotted. If you're lucky, you might encounter a Shiny Zangoose or Shiny Seviper in the wild in their respective real-world regions. Decreased Stardust costs for trading. Trading Pokemon will cost one-fourth less Stardust. Spin Pokestops for extra XP. Spinning Pokestops during this event will earn you two times the regular amount of experience, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like a nice little version of Adventure Week. Adventure Week! <laughs> we won't get that probably until next summer again. Specially themed field research tasks will be available for a limited time during this event. And then there's some stuff about, you know, uh, augmented reality stuff and what they're doing with, you know, hey, all these live events and all these things and to stay tuned, but... Okay, there's that. Please enjoy the episode, and I'll see you guys on the other side. This is a Tuesday. That's why it's a happy Kyle, deviating (laughs) from the Wednesday norm. And as much Kyle happiness is derived from it is from the suffering of others. So let's talk about... (laughs) That's the way way it usually is. tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Trapinch is finally paying off. The great Mewtwo snafu. Some new moves bear their fangs. Shadow Ball Redux, Shadow Dragon Returns, and more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the GoCast podcast. It's September 24th. It's a Tuesday. I haven't said that for a while. Rest assured, we've been recording on Tuesdays. Don't you worry. For those of you that wanted us to record on Tuesdays and we fought it forever, well, it's become the norm. It is now the norm. Exactly. Yes. In common law, now we're married to Tuesdays, I guess. Uh, My name is Chris. I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by Kyle. Hi. And hey, welcome to the show, Kyle. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Good to be good. good. I am doing excellent, aside from me kind of recovering from having lost my voice this weekend. A little bit more on that when we get into uh, our week in reviews and goal and stuff like that. So first things first, of course, shout out to four brand new patron supporters, Aaron, 
PJT, RJT, which I, it might be a word. I don't know. Uh, how would you pronounce that? How do you think? Nope. Not going to try. Pidged, urged. <laughs> yep. Jen and Rutger or Rutger. I'm sorry if that's uh, if I said that incorrectly. Uh, send me an angry email like I always say every week. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining our Patreon and joining the Discord as well, which seems to be flourishing by the day. Uh, I feel like a proud parent. Uh, how do they get so big? <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much we really appreciate the support more on patreon at the end of the show let's dive into everything else so mr kyle yes we're going to give each other a number and that number is going to be your unova medal for your pokedex all right do you want uh, to go first or should i go first <laughs> okay here's the thing do you think you have me beat actually is the um, question you know what I, we haven't talked much about it this week, so I we don't haven't. know. Probably not, but I, I feel Ooh. good about, okay. about it. I'm glad one of us feels I... good about it because I don't. Oh, okay then. Let's no, no, no. It. I'm not I'm not fronting anything. I think I did awful. <laughs> <laughs> again, no rare candy. That's our rule. Otherwise, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit upset about that because again, I'm sitting on a stockpile from all these I raids mean... I've done this summer. Goodness. But hey, 19 is my number. Ooh. Yeah, what are you at? Oh, no. 23. Oh, go away. Don't do it. Oh, <laughs> look, no. Okay. Look, okay. So, <laughs> might as well start talking about my week then. Yeah, go for it. Chris's uh -huh. week is a little more, a lot more information to share. I may have just gone to a local Oshawott nest and oh. stayed there for like two <laughs> hours. And just, you know, pinapped everyone that I saw. And then as soon as I caught enough to evolve it to a Samurott, I left. That's that's fair enough. You're like, I've done all I need to do here. This I've, park is nothing left for me. I've also done like, I don't know, six or seven clink raids in the last week. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Did you get all the way up to a clink clang? No, I only clink have clank? a clang. Okay. So I, I need like 30 or 40 more candy, somewhere like that. Gotcha. Okay, really cool question for you. Opinion on Samurott? Give me your hot take. Oh, he's such a cool looking Pokemon. He looks like a Digimon, right? He, he does. He does. Which in our world is a um, compliment yeah, uh, for the yeah. two of us. So now, <laughs> not a huge fan of Duat personally, but Ashwat yeah, is adorable. It's a second stage. I mean, second stages are, are rarely good. I think War Turtle is like the only departure from that rule. Uh, you know, Charmeleon's okay. It's you know, bigger, yeah. angrier Charmander. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anything else in your week? Any shinies? Any craziness? Yes. So I just want to throw it out there. There are no boosted rates at all right now for this. The launch of Gen 5. They just activated shinies for the new Pokemon. Unless I've been misinformed. But I don't think I have. Yes, I think I think you're correct. So this week I caught another shiny Swablu. That makes three over the course of like nine days. You can't hear me shaking my head, but rest assured, my head's being shaken. <laughs> I shared it with him like as soon as I caught it. And it's like, <laughs> what? what's even happening now? Now I've caught four shiny Swablu total in like 700 checks. So, you well, know, we haven't we haven't <laughs> talked in like three or four days. And I get a text message from you the day of our recording that says so dot dot dot. And of course, I assume <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe he can't record tonight. Something went on like that. No, it's worse. He sends me a screenshot. of His third shiny Swablu in a week. OK, oh, but I got on. I got I got more. I got more oh, to no. share with you. OK, I caught two shiny Lillipops this week. <gasps> two of them. Kyle. So 
Okay. It's been uh, it's been a week. What do you think about the Lily Pop Shiny? It's garbage. <laughs> it's oh, really? Terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Um, he like I want to say it gets better when he evolves, but it doesn't. He's just like <laughs> slightly pale. But like yeah. it's okay. It's a shiny puppy. Like that's that's great. I've been checking every one to see if it was shiny because I wanted one. So he's know. shiny because he's he's ill and it's from the sweat on him. Uh, uh you know, because he's got a fever or something. <laughs> Poor little pup. Anything else? Did I have any other goals this week? I don't even remember. Oh yeah, let's talk about goals. Oh, we didn't do that yet. Okay, so you wanted to finish. You wanted to get twenty on your Unova medal, which you did handily. Good job. Uh, and you wanted to do two hundred thousand Stardust. Did you do that? Um, honestly, I don't know because I maxed out an Azumaro for our PVP cup that's going to happen. And that, oh, no. that hurt. That hurt a lot. <laughs> and I also did a special trade to get a Snivy. So that one also hurt. Wow. But OK, OK, OK. I think Good I did you. it because I still have a decent amount of Stardust. But I'm going to give you a pass because it sounds like if you had enough to even put into that Azumarill in the first place, I mean, I think you'd get a pass. <laughs> that, that's an A plus for Kyle for this week. Good for you, buddy. First time in like four months. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, hey, you set some reasonable goals that were still kind of fun. So there you go. Uh, the universe has rewarded you handily. <laughs> All right. So for myself, uh, this past week was a couple of things. The first thing was 2 million Stardust. It's one of my long-term summer goals. And since the last day of summer was yesterday, actually yesterday was the first day of fall. I guess it's kind of the same thing. Anyway, I definitely did hit 2 million Stardust. I'm actually sitting at 2.15 right now. And uh, I have no idea what to spend it on. I've been saving it for so long. I'm just nervous to spend it. Like I don't want to dip below 2 million, but I, I kind of want to spend all 2 million of it. <laughs> just all of it spend it all yeah. at once yeah somebody in the discord's like we're gonna need a before and after photo please and I, I might i might yet do that probably this week while we're gearing up for our custom cup in three days here this weekend's gonna be very fun but in addition to that i also wanted to get a shiny mewtwo that did not happen i only did seven mewtwo raids this week and the reason i didn't do too many raids of mewtwo was that my other goal was finish 500 raids of summer and i did it it's over. Oh, it's boy. done. It's finished. It's been a summer, man. It has been a summer. And let me tell you, I started off strong. And in the middle of there, I kind of like lost some steam. And I definitely had to just like hustle. This last month, I was doing 16 a day, 14 a day. I had some 10 days. I had some eight days. You know, if I could get 16, I'd do it. If I couldn't, I'd at least get eight before I went home. And I was like, you know, Ness, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. You know, there's raids going on. I got stuff to do, but I've I have finally filled out my Excel sheet in its completion, and I'm ready to share some interesting stats with you. Now, don't worry, those of you that were following the video contents, I am definitely going to be doing a recap video about the whole thing, share all these stats on there as well, and stuff like that, and talk about the donation to the National Park Foundation. That will all be probably on the video. But as far as the stats are right now, because I cannot wait to talk about them, let's talk about the first one, catch rate. Kyle, what do you think catch rate's at right now? I think before I was sitting at like 98 some odd percent, I think. I think you only missed, what was it, like 7? 13. 13. 13. Ooh. Yep, so 97.4%. All right, let me let me be a little bit more specific about this first. Before we dive into any of these these numbers, I should say that I definitely dropped the ball in a few of the recordings and, and or screenshots 
I allowed myself, especially during some times when my phone was overheating and I could not catch video, <laughs> I made sure to at least get the screenshot, right? Because this summer, there were some pretty hot days and those were the days I was out doing 16 raids at a time or whatever. But I did count those ones that I lost as not catching them if I could not remember. So a four out of the five, I couldn't remember and had no record of. So that's just four on there right now. So it could have been nine. You know, I don't know, but I'm just going to cut my losses because I was negligent <laughs> for those four. 97.4% is where I'm sitting at. Total experience in raids gained 4,147,000. Not bad. Not bad. That's a lot of experience. I did not lucky egg most of them, if I'm being very honest with you guys. Total stardust, 778,500, which is great. Now, this is my favorite one. Oh my Total God. rare candy, 928, 350 of which went to Gibbles. So. Okay, I was about to say, <laughs> are you still sitting on all 900 because your inventory probably hates you right now? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not sitting. I couldn't, I couldn't hold those because in addition to that, I also got 100 fast TMs and 60 charged TMs. Oh, my gosh. So there's no way. There's no way. Uh, Total shiny out of 500 raids. Of course, I wasn't targeting the shinies. Some of them can't even be shiny, but... I did get 12 total uh, along the way, and that's fine. But let's switch over to um, the number of raids and tier numbers that ended up happening. So Kyle's got some thoughts on this, but <laughs> I, I did 118 tier 1 raids, 87 tier 2, 118 tier 3, 14 tier 4, <laughs> 154 tier 5 raids, and 4 EX raids. I have to say, looking at this, I'm a little bit disappointed in my EX raid attendance. But at the same time, it's just the axis, and I just don't care. Well, <laughs> I just don't yeah, care. we'll talk about that later, too. If I had a choice between an EX raid and two one-star raids, and this happened a number of times during these time periods, I chose the two one-star raids because why wouldn't I? I'm just going for numbers. I'm going for bulk. There's a, quite a bit of strategy involved with this. But before we talk about specific species and some standouts from this summer, kind of as a retrospect, the 14 tier four raids, <laughs> you know, one of which was a grand bowl. Yes. Yes. Legendary move. Thank you for that. Uh, I did do a hound doom recently. And I think a couple of them were absoles, but they really were just, I mean, like I didn't really have a chance to do a lot of tier four raids because you need people for those. But also we've, we've talked about it before is tier fours don't spawn that often. Like they really don't. Not no. nearly as much as the other raids. And, and for good reason, because they're pretty stinking difficult to get people together to do because there's almost no motivation. I mean, in stark contrast, right, the other tier that you really need help with is tier five. And I did 154 of them. That's more than 10 times. It's like 11 times as many. Actually, yeah. that's exactly 11 times as many. And so I don't know, man. I it, it makes a lot of sense to me in retrospect, because thinking of all the situations in which I did accomplish a tier four raid, it was convenience. And in yep. probably 13 of the 14 times that these happened, I had to convince the people around me to do them. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing like a charity thing. I'm trying to do these numbers and stuff. They're like, OK, cool. Like a little Marowak, whatever. Maybe it'll be shiny. But nobody wanted to do them out the gate. Besides that one grand bull when I was out with Legendary Moo, he was like, dude, you got to do it because you said you never would. I'm like, fine. Fine, <laughs> we'll do it but yeah tier four is just uh, they just they lack they really do if they were soloable i think uh that they would get done a lot more often but i oh, or, or if they gave the same numerical rewards as a tier five i think sure sure sure, 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 a sure reasonable compromise there 
Yeah, I mean, an EX does that. I mean, they give you the same thing as a tier five raid, but people are there for different reasons, right? It's not mm-hmm. for the rewards. It's because it's an EX raid, and why wouldn't you go? Because it's the axis. <laughs> or it's at 1 p.m. and you work nine to five. Yep. <laughs> All right. So the number one Pokemon that I rated the most this summer was Rayquaza at 54, 54 raids. I like the the tie for number two, though, more. Well, I, I can't even gather that. I can't even. What is what is the tie the for, tie number, for two? number two? And it jumped out at me because I saw it because it's, it's oh, Entei it. and Alolan Raichu. <laughs> <laughs> Chris did 26 Entei's on raid day with me. And 26 Alolan Raichus. Yep. So. <laughs> hey, Shinx is trailing behind at 21. Hey, That's but not hey, bad. I didn't respect that. I like soloing Alolan Raichu. It's fun. It lets me use ghost types. It's got a shiny chance. Groudon. Gross. Yep. I just brought a, a team of six big slappy dudes and <laughs> and that was fine. Uh, unless it had grass knot, then I wasn't bringing in the slappy dudes. It was Giratino. A lot of those. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see. I think number 20, I got 20 Suicune and I can't. Oh, I only did seven Reganim U2s and I'm a little bit embarrassed about that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Three Patch Rat? Wow. You can tell I got really desperate towards the end there. <laughs> <laughs> Two Lillipups. A Turtwig. Please yeah, tell me I mean, that was on Community Today. <laughs> it was on Community Today, yes. Okay. Only 13 Machamps. I'm actually kind of surprised about that. Yeah, I think the Alolan Raichu is the big takeaway for me here. Uh, 16 alone executors. I wish that had been 160 alone executors, to be very honest with you. I love that guy. He's so much fun to raid. But yep, that's pretty much the snapshot. If you want to learn more about that, I'll talk a little bit more in depth about these things in my experiences this summer. Again, kind of as a retrospect for uh, at least from our perspective, my perspective rather, for the summer of 2019. Um, this is kind of a fun way to look at it, I think. Uh, we'll do that in a recap video, and I'm going to try to do that in the next few days. We'll see my voice is dying as we speak. Literally, as we speak. Okay, that's it. Let's move on to the news. Okay, quick little retraction thing here. Like, we, we've had to do this, I think, once before. <laughs> so last week, Kyle and I were rather negative, um, and rightfully so, based on our perspective, I would still make the argument for, and all the knowledge that we were given and was around within 24 hours of the Gen 5 launch, we thought that most of these uh, Pokemon that were in 10K eggs were exclusive to 10K eggs. And we were happily so wrong about that. So like Litwick and Lampent are, you know, in the wild, et cetera, those sort of Pokemon. Dino is too. Uh, and I think Golette. the second stage is about, yep, Golette is, and it's evolved form as well. So yeah, those guys are out in the wild. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to revise my opinion about the launch and say that it's actually pretty good. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they're out and about. Worth noting, all of them are fairly rare, but they spawn and that's what's important which is exactly yes and the the evolve like seeing a lampant out in the wild like seeing those screenshots got me very excited and they were just static screenshots i can't even imagine running into a lampant the wild be like wow this is going to save me so much time (laughs) (laughs) so there's that okay cool so let's move on to our first actual piece of news Uh, and this is from go hub trap inch community day 
What? Yep, it's finally happening, Kyle. Okay, let's talk about some of the features first, (laughs) when it's going to happen, and then we can dig into Trap Inch as a focus, right? How we feel about that. So when it's happening, it's October 12th. I believe it's Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. Again, still keeping that middle of the day time slot. Features include Trap Inch will appear more frequently in the wild. Lure modules will last three hours for the duration of the event. You may encounter a shiny trap inch if you're lucky, and the shiny is awesome. I love him. He's a little green dude, little aquamarine dude. And then the Bravo, which is normally green, turns into like uh, it basically turns into the color scheme that regular trap inch is. It's like uh, like an orange, red, a little bit of yellow in there. And then uh, Flygon, he maintains a lot of the green color of his body, but the red outline turns around his wings and the highlights turn orange, and the uh, main body color turns to blue. I'm a big fan. Kyle, what do you think of the shininess? How does that I mean, look? Trap inch is, is green, but at least it's not like super obvious green. I really like Vibrava, though. Yeah, it, it's a good looking shiny. It's very strange because shiny trap inch fits with the regular trap inch line more than regular trap inch does. And then yeah. shiny Vibrava matches regular trap inch more than it matches the shiny version. Yeah, it's a little bit interesting. Well, I mean, there is all that theory around Flygon not really belonging to this line. Yeah. uh, And all that. But we'll talk about that probably in an appropriate Pokalore sometime when we do talk about this line. Next up, the features is, you know, hey, you've all trap inched during the event or up to one hour. They're going back to one hour, not two this time. Uh, One hour afterward to obtain Flygon that knows a special move. Now, this is interesting because we do have some precedent for dragon type Pokemon and the special moves that they get on their, you know, relevant community days. But the addition of the ground typing kind of throws it into a curveball. Flygon fits a very different sort of niche than uh, like a bag on wood or, you know, whatever. So uh, we, we're kind of free to speculate <laughs> that niche, for those who don't know, is that Flygon is not very good unfortunately yeah because he's probably one of my favorite pokemon i love flygon he's in my top 10 for sure he's he's a really cool pokemon and he just his stats just aren't there and Mm -hmm. spoiler just about anything they give him will probably not make him relevant at least for raids they might give him something that is interesting for uh pvp for pvp we'll have to you know Smarter people than me will figure that one out. Well, he's already pretty good in PvP because he has Dragon Claw and you can just spam that stuff. So he's really good at, you know, baiting out shields, but he has a minimal bulk in comparison to other Pokemon that, you know, might fit that role, like a Wishcash or something else like that. But yeah, Flygon is just really well designed. But before we speculate on the special move, three times catch experience will be the bonus for that day. So there's that if you're still leveling up or you are level 40 times a million a million and one could be that day for you i suppose so (laughs) up to one hour afterward obtain a flag on that knows a special move okay let's get the two out of the way and before we start speculating uh the two dragon type moves it could be is draco meteor or outrage i'm not sure which one it knows it knows neither so okay so both of those are on the table so uh what what do you think maybe for like a ground type Uh... move something else I mean, I'd like to see a ground type move personally because it knows Earthquake. And as we've talked about before, Earthquake is just bad. But then then ground type moves, well, ground type Pokemon in Pokemon Go are just generally not great either. Yeah, with the exception of, you know, Crowdon, Wishcash is pretty good, but that's a PvP thing. And uh, Excadrill, 
Yes, this is true. Although Groudon, the thing with Groudon is that he's a really good ground type, but there are better choices even in sunny weather for things that ground also counters. So Right, exactly. Because Earthquake is such a bad move. A different ground move uh, other than Earthquake, what do you think? Uh, I always forget which ground type moves are in the game. Mud Bomb? Mud Bomb? Like, is that that? I mean, it's got to be better than Earthquake. So I mean, Mud Bomb is really good in PvP. I, th- I believe Drill Run. That's what Excadrill has is really good. So as as far as charge moves go, it knows Dragon Claw, Earthquake and Stone Edge. And then for quick moves, it knows Dragon Tail, Mud Shot. And that looks like it's it. So it's got a very small uh, move pool. So, yeah, like you were saying before, if it gets a good move, it could make a big difference to this Pokemon. But based on its core stats, it won't break the bank or set a new precedent rather and i'm not sure right now but it may only have earthquake and mudshot for specific reasons like those may be the only ground type moves it learns in the game then you don't have to look forward to a ground type move for community day it's possible uh people were also talking about maybe dragon breath it might get dragon breath in which case it would be a, a minimal boost to dps based on its move set but i mean there is always the option of something that isn't in the game yet they've done that before yeah so uh, I guess we'll see. But I'm, I'm hoping it, it gives him a little bit more. I, I'm hoping that it makes him a little bit more prominent than he currently is because he's nowhere. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. OK, cool. Then let's move on to the next thing. We're going to talk about a update that has now since been pushed live. It's been forced. The APK 0.153.2 teardown. This teardown is, of course, from GoHub, as most of our APK teardowns are from. So first things first, I mean, they did add the Montreal Safari Zone badges. This did happen over the weekend, this event. Shiny Anma is live globally. It's a very neat looking shiny. Uh, there were two new moves added in the code, at least. They're not live in the game yet. There's no stats for them, but they are there. Thunder Fang and Ice Fang. Uh, and according to the GoHub article, uh, there are only uh, a handful of Pokemon that can learn Stab, same type attack bonus, Thunderfang, in the main series games. And that list includes Jolteon, Raikou, Electric, and Manectric, Shinx, Lucio, Luxray, and Zekrom. Uh, next up is Ice Fang. And according, again, to Gobahaba, the Pokemon that can learn Stab, Ice Fang, in the main series games include, it's a smaller list, Pillaswine and Mamoswine, Snowrunt and Glalie, and then Walrein as well. <laughs> So, so, so there's that. <laughs> so Kyle, I don't remember. Is there anything notable about these two thing types? I know that fire things already in the game. It's a quick move. So these two probably will be as well, but do they have any extra mechanic that's well, tied to them? At least as far as the main series game is concerned. I think they're both status moves. So Thunder Fang does paralysis and ice Fang has a chance to freeze very low chance, but they also both can cause the target to flinch. Neither of which are really relevant to Pokemon Go, but you never know in the future. True, true. Yeah, I mean, there has been a lot of talk about maybe introducing status effects. So this will be a fun way to do it. The Elemental Fangs would probably go back and retroactively change Fire Fang if they did something like that. But who knows? Uh, speculation. <laughs> the next thing is a new Pikachu form. Oh, geez. OK, I know. Calm down, everybody. Me too. I, I, I get it. But no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu underscore normal, which is usually what happens when they, you know, deviate from a regular type of Pokemon. They've been adding these uh, in line to a lot of different forms uh, as they go along. Pikachu is finally getting its normal form. 
In addition to that, Pikachu underscore VS underscore 201 dash. So it looks like it'd be like a 2019 date on there. And the VS could stand for versus maybe as a reward for the versus seeker. Who knows? It's another hat Pikachu. That's what I think. <laughs> what if it's a reward for ranked PvP? That would leave very many people upset. <laughs> <laughs> More or less upset than Flower Crown Eevee. Last, but only because Flower Crown Eevee affects more people. Okay, that's fair enough. But that's a good answer. Like, rank PvP, I'm not going to lie. Rank PvP needs to give stuff like charge TMs to make it worth anyone's time. If it doesn't give coins. So. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, too, is that you don't really want for the rank PvP thing, the rewards be something that would make that person, again, better at ranked PvP because it seems like it's a little bit self-serving. But I guess like the resources that they expend to get there, that's kind of a, like a nice gesture. A special Pikachu is not a nice gesture in my mind. No. I guess it's fine if you're the only person that gets it or like it's the top 10% or whatever. I guess it's a trophy and it's a clever way to do the trophy is to make it a Pokemon. But I don't know. Pikachu is just so played out. Make it something else. Clothing. A clothing item would be better. Right. Like a hat. A, you know, hat. Yeah. 2019 VS champ or something on it. Like that'd be cool. Let the people give them a pair of socks. That's what they want. <laughs> we don't have any in the game yet. Let's let's see some let's see some uh, championship socks. That'd be cool. Uh, moving on, the limited item purchase thing. So there's been code uh, added to set limits on the number of times you can purchase or buy an item. Uh, and this is probably going to be like used for in-game event tickets and special event bundles, maybe a seasonal deal. So uh, this could be good or bad, depending on your perspective on these things. I think the good side is that it might lead to a much better box offering. Like if you're the sort of person that buys one box and that's it for like a month or every two weeks or whatever, if the box is way better and you can only buy one as a result, then this is just good for you, you know, but if you wail on this game a lot, then maybe not. It's kind of hit or miss. I think, uh, what do you think? It's going to depend on what it's, what it's actually for, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it'll, it'll change very much. They're, they're worried about their bottom line more than anything else. And for all we know, this may be with, with all of the lawsuits and stuff going on about people spending ridiculous amounts of money on video games, just another way for them to, to cover their, their traces, their tail. As yeah, definitely. Just to avoid any nasty business and stuff with people spending, you know, $50,000 on a video game. I'm kind of hoping that uh, the code, the set limit for number of items thing, uh, as far as tickets are concerned, I hope that they don't start selling tickets to like community day events and stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of the road that I see this going down where it could be bad. But of course, like I said before, there's good possibilities. I guess we'll have to see. I don't know. Uh, but OK, moving on, there's some bug fixes as well. They're mostly PVP related. Actually, they are only PVP related. They fix some PVP animations. And they had some fixes for PvP turn state changes. So some stability when it comes to priority and exchanging damage and stuff like that. So that's pretty rad. Okay. You ready for something not rad, but also kind of rad at the same time? I mean, it's rad for me. Like me personally, <laughs> it's rad. So Yes. Uh, and rad is, of course, one letter away from raid. Mewtwo raid hour to be specific. The Mewtwo raid hour snafu. This information comes from a multiple a multitude of sources 
GoHub, Reddit, Twitter. I mean, you name it, man. Everybody was talking about this. So here I pulled these from GoHub because they're just great. They laid out the preceding events <laughs> for some context. On September 18th, 2019, Legendary Raid Hour was scheduled to take place featuring Sci-Strike Mewtwo. It was a regular day. It was a nice day. The Raiders didn't know what was going to happen to them. Uh, legendary Raids were to be in every gym available, featuring a chance to catch a shiny Side Strike Mewtwo. The event was canceled due to technical difficulty following a tremendous outrage from the New Zealand player base. Niantic confirmed later on that the event was canceled globally. The event was to be rescheduled at a later date. Uh, to those of you that did get a chance to get out and do some raids in, you know, the first earlier time zone, some people actually had some success and they were able to snag a few. So this is good for them. But for those of you that showed up with your communities and nothing happened, I feel you. That's a bummer. Mewtwo in particular is kind of like a weird one for them to trip over. But we can talk about that in a minute. Niantic's damage control. This is what everybody wants to know about. They did do a couple of tweets. The first one said, you know, it was the announcement of the cancellation due to technical difficulties legendary raid hour with Mewtwo will be postponed to a later date we apologize for the inconvenience and then a follow-up email that said to clarify this is a global postponement of the legendary raid hour the makeup hour will now be on october 8th from 6 p.m to 7 p.m this is a tuesday that's why it's a happy kyle deviating (laughs) from the wednesday norm and as much Kyle happiness is derived from it is from the suffering of others. So let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> let's talk way, about yeah. the way it usually is. <laughs> uh, why why was this such a bummer? Why was everybody so upset? You, you were just as plugged into this as I am. I'm interesting to hear your. Uh, I'm interested to hear your take. I, I mean, honestly, I don't. I mean, I've seen what people are saying. I don't know why people are as upset about it as they are. But I get it. Any. Any failing by Niantic, especially for something that's relatively been going smoothly for the whole summer now, definitely that's going to lead to some very negative reactions from people. Definitely. So some of the hot takes that I've seen on on Twitter and Discord and stuff like that has been, like you said, you know, how could this have happened? They've done so many of these events in the past, so many similar things. And, and here are some of the here are some of the differences with this one in comparison to other raid hours. It had a special signature move, right? You're thinking, big deal. It, it was in gyms. That's still a change. You know, that's something that's that's different. In addition to that, it was during Gen 5 launch week. It, there was a lot of stuff going on at the same time. And this sort of mistake it only requires one person to mess up. It's not like the whole team is incompetent. I mean, if one person makes a mistake, this is the sort of thing that happens. I think the silver lining here is that they definitely did get out in front of it well, as best they could, a little bit after it, I suppose, and said, hey, like, we're having issues. This is going to be postponed. Sorry about it. Like, that's all you can kind of ask them to do. For a lot of people, it seemed too little, too late. I can understand that, especially for those of you that planned around and looked forward to this raid day. I know a lot of people were talking about how they took off work and stuff like that. And then this is definitely kind of a bummer. But I don't know. I, I mean, stuff like this has happened before. It, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, sorry, y'all. <laughs> when when something with such a fixed schedule that is also fairly short notice fails, it's it's going to make people upset. It's inevitable. Yeah, I, again, I get why people are, are upset about it. But at the same time, I think the, the grand conclusion that we came to after a, a rather lengthy discussion on Discord that we had with Tass and Catherine and Pokemon Skip uh, was 
we don't know the full process. So it's really hard for us to get upset at a particular thing. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's important to kind of maintain perspective, I think, on this. But oh, well, anything else on this call before I move on? I know this was kind of a, this is a downer of a news piece, but it is important. Yes, it's on a Tuesday, which means I get <laughs> to go to it. <laughs> That's what's important here. Yeah, why do why do you think it's not on a Wednesday? Because they're going to have a, a probably yes. a different rate hour. Probably so they don't steal a rate hour from people. Because then you know if they hold it on a Wednesday, people are like, "But what about rate hour for Giratina O?" Which we'll talk yeah. about in a second. But so fair enough. Okay. Either well, way, <laughs> I'm happy for you, Kyle. I'm happy you get to participate. It will slightly eat into our regular recording time, but I'm okay with postponing it for 30 <laughs> minutes so we can go get some Mewtwo or something. That'd be fun. Shiny Mewtwo are waiting. Exactly. Yes, there we go. Uh, so speaking of Mewtwo, the next news piece is <laughs> interesting. Mewtwo is heading back uh, to EX rates. Uh, this news comes from GoHub, PokemonGoLive.com, oh. and Cerebee. Oh. Uh Starting September 25th or 26th, depending on time zones, because uh, the <laughs> the world is magic and it spins and it's a sphere. Mewtwo that knows Shadow Ball will return to EX raids. Woohoo! Return to form. Oh. <laughs> this Mewtwo also has the chance of being shiny. It is currently unclear as to when this window will be. An official social post mentioned Mewtwo leaving EX raids again on November 12th, but the post has since been deleted. Now, I mean, you can probably safely speculate that it will still be November 12th because, you know, this sort of miscommunication from one of the outlets has happened before and it's been accurate. So, but, you know, you can't really know for sure. Maybe they deleted it knowing like, uh oh, that was the old email. That was the old memo. We're actually going to have a year of Mewtwo Shadow Ball. No, let's, let's hope that's not the case. <laughs> no, it's more likely they don't want to have the date out there or didn't want to have the date out there because people not knowing might get more people to go do raids to get the EX passes. Right. So. And I think, hey, it's going to be gone in two weeks or, you know, people that are like, oh, it's going to be gone in six months. <laughs> Nobody will want to do it after the first month. So <laughs> I feel yeah. like I feel like the posting of the date, November 12th, and then deleting it was intentional. Really? Yes. OK. OK. Now people are like, we only have six weeks. I need to get an EX pass every week for six weeks is I have to. Well, why is Shadow Ball Mewtwo such a big deal? We all just got Psy Strike Mewtwo. I mean, that's that's also the that's also the question here. You know, why? Why is I think that's the discussion we had is why is this even happening? Right. Well, OK, so so here's here's one thing, right? Mewtwo with Shadow Ball makes it an amazing ghost type attacker example being you know uh, it becomes a much better Mewtwo counter when it has Shadow Ball. Psy Strike Mewtwo is not that great against Mewtwo. Ironically the only thing that Shadow Ball Mewtwo is better at than Psy Strike Mewtwo is fighting other Mewtwos. <laughs> and other psychic types in general I mean I you know but no well, I mean yes matter. yes but Giratina Origin still does better overall so when it comes and if to, he doesn't, it's very, very well, close. Yes. Well, the, you're taking TDO into account, but Mewtwo does so. more damage even with Shadow Ball. Yeah, it's it's a close it's a close competition though. But I think them bringing back Shadow Ball is just it's a good faith thing. Some people still really want one, and it's it's a chance to have a shiny Shadow Ball Mewtwo. I guess yeah, that's the first time that that's a, a possibility is shiny Shadow Ball Mewtwo. So there you go. 
Uh, we're still waiting for the day that we can have both Shadow Ball and Psy Strike on the same Shiny Mewtwo that also happens to be Lucky 100%, in which case that ever happens to you, uh, I think you've won the game. Yep, that's true. John Hankey said that, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of Giratina, Kyle, <laughs> this is from PokemonGoLive.com. Shiny Giratina altered form in raids. It started yesterday from September 23rd, and it's running until October 17th. Giratina altered form will be available in five-star raids with the possibility of being shiny. And wow, is it a handsome, handsome shiny. I'm a big fan. Uh, sort of. It's okay. Oh, you're not a fan? Okay, well, we can talk about it's that in okay. just a second. Real quick, uh, tomorrow, September 25th, if you're listening uh, on the day this show comes out, it's today. They're going to hold a raid hour featuring Giratina Altered Form from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. So best of luck with that. Okay, Kyle, I got a bone to pick with you. Why didn't you think the shiny is good? What? Come on. He's flesh-colored. He's uh, He looks ghost-like. He's flesh-colored. He's I like... like- Weird. I like everything else about it, except for the fact that it's, it's, yeah, it's beige. You don't like flesh-colored things? I mean, it looks weird on this six-legged winged <laughs> dragon. Yes. I was really trying to bait you to say no, and then I was going to make some sort of, like, antisocial joke, but I, you know, <laughs> that didn't really pan out. Uh, I, too, do not like flesh-colored things like human beings. <laughs> <laughs> But I think you make a fair point. It is a flesh-colored, you know, big monster, and that is a little, rather unsettling. But I think that makes him look pretty rad. Uh, I like I like the silver and the the blue. That's really cool. Yeah, the accents are are very cool. They pop in an interesting way. Uh, I mean, are you going to say no to a shiny Giratina? Of course not. Absolutely not. Right. It's so. a shiny. Shiny's still a shiny. So get out there and and go, trainers. I mean, he's out there. Uh, Is Giratina Altered Form useful, Kyle, for anything? It's useful in PvP if you're one of the people who does Master League. (laughs) Or Ultra League, too. Or Ultra League, yes. It's it's really good there. It's It's like the barrier to entry, pretty much. If you don't have one, you can't do it. But it also gives Giratina candy, which can be used for Giratina Origin, so... That's enough reason, in my opinion, to raid it. Definitely. Uh, but we'll talk about Giratina origin form, I'm sure, again, very soon, probably around oh, ballpark October 17th. <laughs> I okay, don't know speaking about that. <laughs> I'm not going to put money down on it, but I might be interested in putting money down on it. Okay, last thing here. Jeez, this has been one heck of a news section. Of course, with a new raid boss, a new consistent raid boss in Tier 5, there is a new raid boss rotation for the other tiers as well. Here's a quick rundown. Barring any events that might shake it up, here's the list. And I'm anticipating events to shake it up because we're going into October. Okay. Tier 1, Drifloon, Clink, Patrat, Shinx. Tier 2, Alolan Executor, Mawile, Mischievous, Sableye, and Sneasel. Snizel. Tier 3, Alolan Raichu. My boy, I'm coming after you again. I'm going to try to get 50 more of you to, I guess. <laughs> uh, Gengar, Granbull, ugh, Machamp, and Pilliswine. Tier 4, Absol, Alolan Marowak, Dragonite. That's always fun to see. Houndoom. And Togetic, which is very frustrating to take down. Tier five is Giratina altered form. Don't don't get crazy. And and technically EX raids until you know after the EX raid passes that you get on the twenty fifth, which is the date that they will start giving out Mewtwo raids. Uh, there's still going to be Deoxys speed form until then. So 
uh, I, I will look forward to not seeing anybody at my EX rays until <laughs> September, sometime late September. Actually, that's that's today. So yesterday, if you started getting EX ray passes, you would have gotten one. There you go. <laughs> but I have two more raids I'm not going to go to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> OK, my voice is failing me. And so now it's time for me to hand it off to the uh, the very capable Kyle. Uh, it's gear up. So this week on Gear Up, I want to talk about lucky trading and how you can get the most out of it. This was taken from and inspired by the article that GoHub published, you know, five or six days ago. I think it's good information that everybody should have. I met somebody from another game I play and they were asking whether they should just trade all of their stuff back and forth until they get lucky of everything. And I'm like, no, don't do that because that's Stardust. Even if it's only 100 a pop, it's still not worth it. But there are some Pokemon that it is worth doing, both for the candy and for the chance for them to be lucky. And here's not a comprehensive list. It's just some of the standout ones. They're going to mostly be either legendary or rare, otherwise legacy moves, ones you really need to hunt down to get. And that's when you want to use your lucky friendship to be the most efficient with your lucky trades on some of these here. Without further ado, what Pokemon should you prioritize for PvE? For those who don't know, that's player versus environment. It's usually gyms, raids, anything that has to do with fighting against the AI. Rocket stops also fit in there. Rampardos. Mentioned him before. He's the rock type king. He's also pretty rare Pokemon, so it's nice to have a lucky form so you can guarantee those good IVs, save the Stardust on powering them up. Mentioned it a couple times previously to this. Giratino. (laughs) He's the ghost type king. He puts everybody else to shame. Only Shadow Ball Mewtwo can compete. Gengar, you know, Gengar is still great, but he's so squishy. (laughs) I like how you have to go out of your way to mention Gengar because you love him. You're like, yeah, don't. Guys, don't forget about Gengar. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Metagross. This is the first one with a legacy move. It's only worth lucky trading if he has the legacy move. Because as we mentioned before, Meteor Mash makes Metagross one of the best generalists in the game. And Beldum Candy is a lot easier to come by than Mewtwo Candy for that generalist Pokemon. Speaking of Mewtwo. (laughs) No, not again. No, please. (laughs) It's been over and over again. We'll... Cut to the chase. Mewtwo is fantastic. Shadow Ball or Psy Strike, it's worth having a lucky one. He is the best generalist in the game, with Metagross being an honorable mention in comparison. Mm-hmm. Another legacy option, Moltres with Sky Attack from its raid day. You can't get it right now. It just makes Moltres fantastic. At I mean, what un- it unless you got a friend that was raiding and you want to break into their house while they sleep and trade yourself one. <laughs> we do not condone that. I mean, that's against terms of service. That's trespassing. But I mean, uh, it would make for a great you... email, I guess. <laughs> the elephant in the room, Garchomp. Trade for a Garchomp. That's probably how you've gotten your Garchomp. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Both of us here had to trade for ours. I don't even have one yet. He's still a gibble. I can't bring myself to actually I put the 350 rare candy into him and I haven't used any of it because his IVs are so bad. I can't Ah, bring myself to do it. Anyways, (sighs) but he's good at what he does, even if 
he's not the best in either category. He's still fantastic as a ground type attacker, fantastic as a dragon type attacker. And he's incredibly rare. So you want a lucky version to get the best one you possibly can get. This is a fairly recent addition to the list. Chandelure. This one's only really on here because it's rare right now. It's still a good ghost type Pokemon, but something tells me in a, in about, you know, six months to eight months time, this is not going to be as uh, crazy about him. He's just going to be another, another ghost type that you're going to be using. I don't know about that. We'll see. I'm telling you because right here, I've got some honorable mentions. These are a little more common, but you're going to want teams of them. So you're going to want to save the Stardust to power them up if you can. Gengar, Tyranitar, and Machamp. Those three right there can form the backbone of just about, you know, 75% of all PvE content that you do. And that's speaking of legacy and non-legacy Tyranitar. So that Bite Crunch and the Smackdown Stone Edge. But not everything's about PvE, right? Right, Chris? No, no, it's not. There's a small list of Pokemon for PvP that I wanted to talk about that actually it's beneficial to have lucky. You know, usually for those of you who don't PvP, you generally want IVs on the lower end specifically for attack because attack really inflates the CP when you power it up. Some Pokemon you want as close to zero in all three as possible. Some you want zero, 15, 15, you know, stuff like that. But these four in general, you want pretty much as good as possible because when they get maxed out, they are very close to or under 1500 CP. And these three are Azumarill, which I mentioned earlier, Metacham, Bastidon, and Sableye. These are some very expensive investments if you do PvP. Oh, so. oh yeah, that Bastidon will really just run you dry. <laughs> <laughs> so having having them be lucky, you know, that saves you, what is it, 50% Stardust reduction, right? Yeah, so we're talking the hundreds of thousands of yeah, Stardust. You know, <laughs> if you're maxing out, you know, two or three of these, you're saving 500,000 Stardust if they're lucky. It's right. great. Anything else to add? How you feel about lucky trading? Anything you think? Uh, I think lucky trading is far too rare. Um, I think it should really be like maybe one in 20 gifts or something like that. But it doesn't feel like anything. I don't even know what the rate is. I think, well, lucky trading is actually one in 20, supposedly. 5% chance to trade with a friend and it'd be lucky. Now, lucky friends, on the other hand. Right. That's way too rare in my opinion mm-hmm. that yeah, that's, one, what I was, that's what i was trying yeah. to say thank you for for clarifying because i i don't know i don't it, it happens so infrequently with me lucky trades and getting lucky friends that i really am just kind of devoid of the you know the bulk of knowledge around it i don't even really follow it um which i probably should i just happen to have enough stardust in most cases bastidon historically being the only time that that's really you know messed me up <laughs> And it was by like yeah. two power ups. It was a lot of candy too. Oh my goodness! How, my, how long did you walk your bastard on? I walked him one hundred and eighty point six kilometers, uh, and bad. he still wasn't powered up all the way. Yeah, he took a lot, but you know, SmackDown Stone Age <laughs> Flamethrower. He's my guy. He's my guy for sure. Thanks, Kyle. Lucky trading and you. I learned a lot because I don't know very much about it. <laughs> Uh, I already, I've already got my Azumarill all maxed up. Uh, what's your, um, what's your Azumarill at CP wise? Fifteen hundred even. 
Me too, dude. So. <laughs> oh man, I hope we do not go head to head in this Hero Cup. Oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be an hour long match. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to the Pokalore. This week's Pokalore is going to feature Litwick, the Candle Pokemon, Lampent, the Lamp Pokemon, and Chandelure, the Chandelier. I'm just kidding, the Luring Pokemon. <laughs> Starting with Litwick. Litwick is a small candle-like Pokemon with a purple flame atop its head, which is powered by life energy that it absorbs. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) Its body and two stubby arms are made primarily out of white wax. The folded, melted wax lays over its right eye, kind of like the, you know, little emo look, little like emo (laughs) hair sweep. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, it's right, right? I mean, it's kind of what they're going for. It's like the bangs, you know, Uh, it leaves only the bright yellow left eye visible. It has a small smile under a protruding upper lip because he's adorable. Litwick pretends to guide people and Pokemon around by illuminating darkened areas. However... It is actually sucking away their life energy and leading them to the ghost world. In the anime, the flame is shown to grow as it continually absorbs life energy. So much like a gang member with face tattoos, if this Litwick has a big flame, it's because it's murdered a lot of people, I guess. <laughs> Lampants. Lampants is a clear spherical head containing a bluish purple flame and oval yellow eyes. On top of its head is a black covering, which resembles a lampshade with a pointed spike on top. Underneath its head is a small black body with a pointed spike at the bottom. Very spiky guy. Extending from its body are two long wavy arms with no fingers. Woo! It floats through the air to move. Lampent can sense when someone is about to die, whom it visits and steals a spirit from the person's body. Though most often found in deep forests, it wanders through cities and hangs around your hospitals to absorb the spirits of the fallen. Oh my goodness. So he's the Grim Reaper. Lampent is the Grim Reaper of the Pokemon world. It sounds like it. It uses the spirits. It has absorbed to fuel its fire. On occasion, it has been known to work with Litwick to lead people to the ghost world while stealing life energy. Uh, You know, I feel kind of weird thinking that Litwick is adorable now, knowing that it's part of a murderous cult serving its (laughs) kingpin, the Grim Reaper. Chandelure. Chandelure is a Pokemon that resembles a sentient chandelier. What? I didn't get that at all. Don't say. <laughs> it has a striped round head and round pupilless yellow eyes. There is a ring of small black spikes on top of its head with a tall purple flame in the middle. From a black spike below its head, black arms curl upward. These arms are tipped with purple fire. Chandelure's fires do not burn its victims physically. Instead, burning their spirit. That sounds like something out of an anime. It sure does. <laughs> After hypnotizing its opponent by waving these flames, it absorbs the victim's spirit. Wow. That's something else, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. I think this is a really well-written, uh, you know, Pokedex lore, if you will. Uh, Stats-wise, it's pretty good. Max CP, 3268. A monstrous attack of 271. It puts it at oof, rank 20. Uh, is balanced out by a middling defense of 139, a stamina of 155. The 155 stamina is pretty bad. Uh, but hey, it's a ghost type. What'd you expect? Best move set, fire spin and shadow ball for pure DPS. Although, heck, shadow ball will be amazing in the appropriate circumstances, specifically as a Gengar replacement. Sorry, Kyle. Well, you know so, what? What? Gengar with Lick is still better. So Gengar with Lick is pretty good. I mean, yeah, I'm not so gonna you know <laughs> not gonna argue that. It's true. Yeah, but I mean, Gengar has some pretty cool lore to him too. But I don't know. Chandelure kind of gives him a run for its money. 
Yeah, Chandelure. Chandelure is great. I love Chandelure. Yeah, Chandelure is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, if you guys are looking for more spooky related Pokemon, we are probably going to do something we did like last year, which is around Halloween, we'll do a larger Pokelore section and dive into some ghost Pokemon we have yet to do so with. But here's a little taste. Litwick is really great. How do you feel about Chandelure, Kyle? Are you looking forward to getting one? I mean, Chandelure... I thought it was ridiculous back when Gen 5 came out. I'm like, what is this Pokemon? Why am I playing this game? And now I love <laughs> Chandelure. Like, yeah. Chandelure is great. It's another ghost type. And, you know, I wasn't always obsessed with ghost types that that came with age. So Chandelure is great. He's just <laughs> As a does death and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> He's also, you know, got a, a secondary fire type, which, you know, doesn't really need to get mentioned because it's so good as a ghost type. But that's still really cool. Ghost fire. Yeah, and I definitely. can't wait till I get a Litwick. He was hoping it's sooner than later. Let's hope. Yes. I'm happy that you came around on Chandelure. We'll just work on Vanilla over time. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know what? We will see now, probably sooner than you liking Vanillite. It'll be uh, the Pokepole. That, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> Kyle, take it away. Last week's question was, which new Generation 5 Pokemon do you have your eyes on and why? Sheldon said... Definitely going to try to hatch some Litwick. Chandelure is going to be a beast. Can confirm. Matthew said, Keldeo. Keldeo is just cool. I mean, it's water fighting unicorn deer who can change forms and its horn turns into a sword. What's not to love? I mean, yeah, except when you like look at the design of the Pokemon, it's like it sort of looks like bad fan art. Uh, He looks like a My Little Pony. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool I idea, think. though. <laughs> I think he's got really cool typing. Water fighting is pretty rad. Pidgey Grab wrote in, is it cheating on Pidgey if I say Pidove? No. I think technically, because yes. No. They're the same Pokemon. <laughs> I, I think that if you love Pidgey, you need to love all of the bird starter families because they're all basically Pidgey. And, and so, Pidgey adjacent. Yeah. Yes. And Pidgey adjacent. There are a couple that stand out, like you know, it's Fletchling. Yeah, Starly's pretty cool too. No, it's not cheating. Love Pidov all you want because it's adorable. <laughs> Colton wrote in, aside from the Litwick line, I'm pretty excited to get my hands on a Heatmore, the Western Hemisphere Regional. Being someone with limited knowledge of Gen 5, I really love the concept of an anteater Pokemon, and I even prefer Heatmore and Durant to the link between Zangoose and Saviper. Also has a pretty solid shiny form. He then linked a picture of the shiny form on Discord, and I have to agree, shiny Heatmore is it's really good. Dare I say dope? Uh, you can say it, yes. I <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I also like how he, he shouts out the link between Zangoose and Saviper and how Heatmore and Durant, it seems like it seems better. The whole Mongoose uh, a rattlesnake thing is like a little bit less known than obviously ants and anteaters because it's in their names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd have to agree. But anteaters are just cool Pokemon, you know? It's, They're also, it's an, sorry, anteaters are cool animals. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Catherine wrote in, I don't even know them well enough to know, but Chandelure looks so cool. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Philosophy, throw in. <laughs> are you okay? I like that. <laughs> Phil yeah, is Phil, capitalized. Yeah, His name is Phil, I think. Yeah, Philosophy. Oh, man, that hits yeah, me right. It's, it's right, a good right use. Right in the happy. Yeah. <laughs> From the ones released so far, I want Blitzel. Looks sick. 
a high IV drill burr, or hopefully trade to get a lucky one for raiding and PvP possibly, and the Gen 5 starters to start hoarding candy for their community days. Now that's thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. That's good strategizing for sure. This week's Pokepole, what are your thoughts on the EX raid system? What sort of changes would you make? Oof. Okay, so I thought that this would be a very, very appropriate question to ask this week. We've mused about asking it before. It wasn't quite right. But now, as Shadow Ball Mewtwo is coming back into the EX raid system, after it being out for a year, to remind you guys, when the EX raid system first came out, it was Mewtwo, which made a lot of sense. Deoxys was in for a year, three months per form. And now we're going back to the Shadow Ball Mewtwo that was in raids the first time. But of course, there's a shiny chance and that's the difference. So that being said, you know, uh, the EX raid system is rather controversial in both design and execution. (laughs) So I think now's the time uh, as appropriate as it's probably ever going to be to talk about it. So what do you think, Kyle? Oh, geez. I I think it's just an awful system. I think I think the heart's in the right place. I think it's really cool idea that you know do other raids get a chance to do the raid for a powerful and or rare pokemon that's great but the way the system is implemented as a lot of people know is not very useful for most players yeah so let's let's assume that somebody listened to the show that they don't know how the system works how does how does one attend get invited to like what's an ex raid what's up with that so there are EX raid eligible gyms. Not going to go into the details of what triggers those. You can probably look them up on your own time because it's kind of complicated. They have to be in a park. Yeah, they have to be in a park. It has to be like an original uh, point of interest from when the game first started. They haven't added any new ones. This kind of these kind of details. Then you need to do raids at this gym while it's EX eligible, which you can see, by the way, if you go in and look at the gym in the top right. It'll have a little tag. It says EX eligible. So you don't have to guess anymore like you used to. Yeah. Do raids there. And then I I believe it's every other week. I don't remember when exactly they go out. They'll send out a wave of EX invites for a specific day and a specific time on that day to people who did raids at that gym over the course of the last two weeks. I believe having a gold badge, a gold medal at the gym gives you a higher chance, but I don't know how much higher it is. Yeah. I've, I've never heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the, the big takeaway is obviously that it's a chance. If yeah, you raid more, you have more of a chance, I suppose, yeah. but the more gyms you do there, the more odds you have of being invited. And like I said, it's a specific time that, you know, Niantic chooses and it's, it's kind of all over the spectrum. There are 11 o'clock time slots. There are, one o'clock there's five o'clock but it's the same for everybody who gets invited so you don't have to worry about like coordinating it with anybody right right right. and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell really yeah and now i'm sure if you didn't already know what the ex system was you probably were able to pick out what was wrong with that right away but i'm gonna say what i think is wrong and it's the time of day because it is not helpful for people who are adults who work jobs. And I think Chris can relate on that one, at least a little bit. 
Yeah, I think so. I'm thankfully in in a situation where I'm able to easily dip out at like one o'clock if I need to, because I have a rather flexible job unless I'm, you know, out doing something for for the job. But if I'm in the office, I could probably leave for a little bit and come back. No problem. Nothing too far. I'm also blessed with a bunch of EX eligible gyms around me in the surrounding area. But the problem still is and it has been before. Yeah, the time slot thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What I really don't understand is they have all this data, right? They know that you're doing the rate there and they know for sure the time that you're doing the rates there. I don't get why they don't hit like a, like a concentrated point of rating of activity. If you're there every day and you're doing a raid there, if it's possible at, you know, between five and seven in no circumstance in my brain, should that person ever receive a 1 PM invite? Especially yeah. if they've never done a raid there before, you know, it's it just it makes logical sense. Really, it does. And I know there are some people with with counterpoints here, like, but then you're, you know, you're splitting the population that are even eligible to take those EX passes. And my answer to that is make bigger waves. Like if you have to hold off giving someone a pass because there's not enough people for that time slot. Wait till the next round, but keep them in the pool type of thing, you know? Yeah. We've uh, also talked about this. I know you and I have mused about this while walking around on community days. Um, but why I don't see why if they send you an invitation, if there isn't three, there should be three choices. There should be three choices of time slots on the invitation. Let's say that there is one in the early morning and, you know, it's from like uh, eight to, to nine, 15 or whatever. And then there's like a one to two slot and then there's a six to seven slot, you know, and you can RSVP for the one that works for your schedule on that day. And if you're unavailable that day, I'm willing to, you know, say, okay, then that's a bummer. But the time thing, like no way of changing that does it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't I don't get it. There are a lot of there are a lot of solutions. And I bet from a coding perspective uh, from them that it, it probably isn't worth the investment. I think a EX gyms don't really make them any money because you get the EX raid pass for free other than you doing the gyms in the first place. And you can get an EX raid pass by just using your free pass strategically. Mm-hmm. And then two, I don't think it's as popular as they want it to be. So why would they dedicate resources to redoing it? I mean, to me, them putting Shedable Mewtwo back in already tells me that they're not really invested in the feature. I mean, that's I think that's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy right there, though. Like people aren't interested in the system because the system disrespects the player. So we probably brought out the disrespect (laughs) word. Absolutely. Why would any player actively pursue it when they could be doing other things with their time? Right. Exactly. Like in in my case, I went for two one star rates instead. I mean, that's a very particular situation, but I'm not sure I'm not alone. If you go see there's a five star raid down the street instead of the X raid. That says it all right there, but it also is a uh, related to who's in the EX gym. You know, it, I think a lot of people are pretty bitter and or burnt out after a year of Deoxys when Deoxys is a useless Pokemon with the exception of defense form. So, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I just I think that if they rotated it too quickly that it would be almost impossible to really track down the one that you're trying to get you know it's already based on a chance Mm -hmm. so i can also see an argument as to why they wouldn't put something exclusive in there but by not doing so you encourage people to not really engage with it you know i don't know 
there's a lot to unpack here and there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this problem from a redesign perspective, from a game design perspective, from a player perspective, from all over the place. And we want to hear from you guys. So if you have an answer to the question, what are your thoughts on the EX rate system and what sort of changes would you make? You can answer the social posts that we put on Facebook and or Twitter. Or if you're in our Discord because you're a patron, we also post it there and pull responses from all of those places every week. Uh, or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of emails. All right. This first email is from Alicia. Kyle, what did she have to say? Alicia wrote, hello, friends. Hi. Hey. I'm... <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> Just... Hey. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the email, Alicia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm generally pretty good at managing friendships, sending and receiving gifts, etc. Even since being level 40, I try to help my friends out that are close to ultra slash besties. So I don't leave them hanging because I remember that feeling. I'm curious, though, as to how you would suggest managing best friends. I remember when I was more of a noob player, I was super excited to make friends across seas so I could hatch 7k eggs from them and then trade those Pokemon for distance trades. I found them through random Instagram posts or Facebook groups. I have a gold distance badge now, so that isn't a priority anymore. And now I'm afraid to trigger some of these friendships because I'm afraid I'll be lucky friends with someone I'll never meet in real life or get to trade. Do you think it's rude to stop sending slash receiving gifts from those friends or deleting them? Maybe they still appreciate my gifts. Is there an etiquette for this? I've also yet to get lucky friends with any of my real life friends that play. It's very frustrating. Thanks, Alicia. Wow, this is so appropriate to all the conversations we had this week. <laughs> and I can also relate very heavily because my only two lucky friends are with friends like halfway across the country that I will never meet in real life. <laughs> yeah. So okay, before we talk about before we talk about lucky friends, Kyle, I want to know, and I have to know, the burning question is: What is your strategy for managing ultra friends and best friends and stuff? <laughs> My strategy is I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's my strategy. You can't steal that. I was about to say you really got to you got to put them in nickname categories like I have. I have one for podcast hosts. I have one for people in in uh, GoCast stuff. That's a little GC tag. If you're in the GoCast PVP group, it's GC space PVP. I mean, a separate (laughs) PVP remote thing. They're just PVP like. And then you get them there and then they get to ultra and then you just forget about it. Yes, and exactly. That's it. And you just stall because you've got other people to send gifts to or you forget um, to send gifts at all, which is also a fault of both of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not ever since I hit 40. I'm not so great at gifts. But then again, I also have, you know, 100, 100 friends. So it adds up. But as far as etiquette goes. We're, we both have ter- terrible etiquette. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> sure. But the question, do you think it's rude to stop sending gifts or receiving gifts from those people or, you know, or deleting them after they've hit like best friends or otherwise, maybe they still appreciate my gifts. I mean, you know, she, like she said, she's she's not worried about a gold distance badge anymore. She's not really worried about, you know, the seven K eggs and stuff like that as much anymore. I think it's OK to stop sending gifts and or delete a friend after you've been best friends for a while. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. You don't need the metal and they can always find other friends to add for distance trading, distance True. eggs. And they'll get more experience out of it along the way because you've already maxed out with them as best friends. But the other thing, though, too, is I don't see why 
I, I don't understand why you're afraid from hitting lucky friends with these people because there's no limit on how many lucky friends you can have. So it's not going to hurt your chances unless you're superstitious like all Pokemon Go players are. So I wouldn't, you know, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it won't stop you from getting lucky friends with somebody else, you know? Yeah, the most it is is it's a gift you can't send slash open to somebody else and that's all. Right. But if you ever trigger trigger lucky friends with somebody, now you know you never have to send them another gift because exactly nothing else left there. Right, that's maxed out. And so if you end up happening to be in you know Japan or you know Russia, you could hunt that person down and make them trade you a Sky Attack Moltres or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the email, Alicia. We really appreciate it. This last email is from Laura. Hey guys, so I had a thought about the December Community Day. A lot of people are weighing in on it. I love it. If we are looking for a Pokemon with varying evolutions and we have started with the Gen 4s on Community Day, what do you think if we ended up with Rotoms? We get normal Rotom and be able to use the different lure modules to get the evolutions. Ice lure for the frost and wash, grass lure for the mowing one, magnetic lure for the fan and the heat maybe. I think that this would be hilarious. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Laura from Down Under. Kyle, thoughts, feelings, Rotom? I love it. I yeah. love the idea. This is my favorite idea so far for sure. <laughs> it's it's also it's Rotom and I want Rotom in the game so bad because it's such a neat Pokemon. This is yeah. it would be a really creative way to do it. If if Niantic, you know, has it coded because I right now they're probably, you know, in the code as forms rather than just evolutions. So I still think it would be a, a neat idea to do. It'd be interesting if you could like, have the same Rotom and then you could only like you could instead of ev evolving, it would be like a form switch based on what like she was saying, the lure that you're standing in. I think that'd be neat. And, you know, it costs like a little bit of start to change your form or whatever. Actually, mm -hmm. let's just say it would be evolve costs, but it wouldn't, you know, evolve the Pokemon. It would just change the form. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be pretty cool. I'm really in on this idea. Although the Tyrogue idea was also pretty good. This yeah. one is this one's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it adds uh, a Pokemon that's not in the game yet. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah, that. this definitely does seem like a win win situation. I, I'm a big fan. Um, thank you, Laura. What a great. What a great idea. If you also have a great idea or you don't and you still want to send us an email, which is also fine. I mean, that we, we rarely have great ideas and we record ourselves talking about them for an hour every week on average. Uh, <laughs> you can send them to us at mail at gocastpodcast.com. Visit our website at gocastpodcast.com. Like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. Like us on Facebook, the GoCast Podcast. And if you'd like to help support the show monetarily and be a patron and join our patron exclusive Discord, where we do custom PvP cups. I can't really say that. We're about to do our first one. So, where we're going to do a custom PvP cup. There we go. That makes sense. That's an accurate statement. And where we kind of like discuss controversial stuff at weird hours of the night and also in the middle of the day. Uh, you can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash go cast podcast and if you'd like to help support the show and a monetary approach is not available to you at the moment you can of course always leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher apple podcast stitcher wherever you may be listening please leave us a review it helps us out immensely okay kyle yes let's reel it in man let's okay. let's have a sober conversation about some some goal setting okay <laughs> okay all right so uh what are you going to accomplish this week 
Okay, I'm gonna. I'm aiming for 26 on my Unova medal. Okay. This may or may not involve hunting down a nest that I may know to be a Tepig next week. We'll see. Uh huh. We'll see. And a bunch more, you know, clink raids as a result, as well as still the the 200,000 Stardust for right now. And gonna be taking part in the PvP thing that we're gonna be doing on the discord so you know not gonna say gonna win anything there but i'm gonna be taking oh, part so you don't want to be we'll, like we'll maybe to like see. top three maybe i'd like to win one okay <laughs> win i set realistic goals one match okay that's that's fine okay <laughs> well i was gonna say a lower number for myself but because you said 26 i now have to say 27 of my unova medal i don't even know if i can do that i'm gonna blindly make that commitment <laughs> as as is my custom <laughs> good luck oh my goodness uh in addition to that i i really do want to get of course some stardust but that happens every week for me i'm not going to make a goal for it this time but i i do want to come in top three for our hero cup uh you know hey that's it's a goal it'll motivate me to a degree and beyond that man i don't really know i probably a shiny giratina i'm gonna probably try to do at least one of those a day i think that's it i think that's enough uh i did after i hit you know 500 raids on the 20th (laughs) i did take a couple of days off it was really nice so yeah so i'm I'm back in the swing of things i'm doing at least one a day just about and if there's a clink raid i've still got a small stockpile of premium raid passes to throw at it so there we go and uh and that's that so i think that's it for our episode in its entirety thank you so much for listening And we'll see you guys next week for episode 65. It'll be October, and we will have a special guest with us that we cannot announce at this time. But we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.